You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 6 of Podcast PXN. Thanks to everyone in the live chat for coming out to the live show. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN and you'll find us there. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. DTM, or Dan is DTM on Twitter. And I'm joined by the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak, who's mimicking me to my I right. Think I think this week I need to be something that's like, in terms of the N for Nintendo. N? Yeah. What? What? Like, the there's nothing that sounds smart or cool that starts with an N. Um, I'm not sure what you're going for there. Like, the number of Nintendo. I don't know. I'm trying to think yeah. of something that starts with an N. Yeah, if you can go ahead and uh, reserve your comments for uh, Never, uh, we're good. Oh, the Never oh, of Nintendo. Yeah. I like the that. Never, I yeah. like that. Uh, All right. So, guys, we're just going to go ahead and jump into the show this week. We've got a lot of Nintendo news from the Nintendo Direct today. Uh, Nothing earth-shattering, I think we would agree on, but there's definitely a lot of little tidbits in there. There's a lot of cool things that happen. I I would agree with you. Nothing like, we didn't see anything, and I'm going to go ahead and preface this. If you're thinking, oh, gosh, we got Metroid Prime 4 or Metroid Prime Trilogy, we didn't get that. But we got some cool things. Right. Alright, so we always start the show with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right into those. So, first PXN News item is Cyberpunk 2077 multiplayer has been confirmed today by CD Projekt Red. So, what they explained is is it's going to be coming after the single-player DLC, which is going to be free so the game's launching in April, and then they're going to do some kind of single-player DLC, and then they said the multiplayer would come sometime after that. If I had to guess, I'd say it's going to be at least a year after Cyberpunk launches in April, um, just because it takes time for that stuff to get implemented, and I, I'm sure they have a lot of single-player stuff they want to incorporate. So I definitely think it's going to be interesting to see like what they do with cyberpunk multiplayer. Like what does that exactly mean for a deep RPG like that? Like that's super, super interesting to kind of keep our eyes on because I guess the only thing they could really do is like some kind of PvP thing. I don't see it being like a cooperative multiplayer or else they would have said like, hey, it's cooperative. Well, this is their first foray really into multiplayer. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, did you know CD Projekt Red's not even pronounced that way? It's like Project, yes, I did Project learn, or something like yeah. that? Yeah, was it on, uh, I think it was on GameScoop or something I, I think this that's past week. Yeah, I, was I, like I Tina Meany was talking yeah. about it. She's like, yeah, yeah. I said that. I was like, what? Like, well, it makes sense. Obviously, yeah. they're European. It does. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, and maybe you'll agree with me on this, it seems like they're almost going in a similar direction as Rockstar with GTA V. Yeah. Now, we knew that GTA V Online was going to be a thing, uh, but we knew uh, initially it was actually announced for launch, but then it got pushed back, and then it almost got pushed back, I think, over six months yep. for it, which I think gave them a lot of time to figure things out, because now that thing is just a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, 2077 is going to be anything like that, but I think let CD do what they do best with single-player RPG stuff. Um, let them work all that stuff out. I mean, we all know, too, regardless of the story uh, that goes on there, they're going to be 
very good with their DLC with it too. I mean, Blood and Wine is considered one of the best DLCs of any game that's ever been released. Yeah. Um, now, granted, you and I obviously have never played it, but we've no. heard that. Yeah. Um, so I have full faith of their support with this game and multiplayer itself. I think that they will take their time. So when you say about a year, yeah. I agree. Like they're it's nothing they're gonna rush. This is going to be something that I foresee being not only on our current gen consoles, mm-hmm. but however backwards compatibility compatibility works in the mm-hmm. next gen, yeah. or if they just do like a re-release, we're not for sure how everything's going to work. But yeah. I see that being a heavy focus for CD and the launch of the consoles. And if they put the level of polish on this on this multiplayer experience uh, as much as they do for their single player games, that would be freaking amazing i can only imagine what they're going to do i'd love it as a uh co-op because for me like i get a lot of deus ex Mm. uh, vibes from 2077 so i'm thinking in that like realm does really like traditional multiplayer work no i i feel like something almost like a uh borderlands type multiplayer where or halo like the originals where those experiences granted they were great solo games too but those experience were given so much life by their multiplayer i mean i could recite to you at least the first halo just simply from the fact of my friends and i trying to play that every chance we got together uh even if it was just two of us uh, doing legendary challenges and stuff like that trying to get all that stuff lasso legendary all skulls on well see there was no skulls for original xbox right Uh, yeah yeah exactly uh, so let's go ahead and jump into the next item of the week. So Dave Batista is actually going to be in Gears 5 multiplayer and Horde, obviously. They announced that this week, and that's kind of interesting because a couple weeks ago, actually, Dave Batista was trying to uh, basically leverage himself to be marcus phoenix in the gears of war movie is there a more perfect actor it is a very very perfect (laughs) fit so i almost wonder if they did this just to like tease fans of that happening because they haven't announced any kind of uh actors that are going to be in the gears of war movie no but it's a lot of those video game movies where they're like announced way even before scripts made i mean what uncharted cast tom holland like two years ago yeah in the role we've heard nothing and really since there's that. been about 12 directors exactly since, yeah since seth rogan right. was supposed to write it at some point if right. i remember right yeah that's crazy yeah but, but I, I just this when i actually found i saw that myself and yeah. so it's just like dude he looks like him like he he's, he's just built like yeah. somebody from gears of war yeah he is <laughs> so that's that's a perfect fit there but also uh Staying on the Gears 5 hype train, I have been reading a lot of reviews about Gears 5 campaign, and man, it sounds exciting. I'm very excited. Uh, So actually, one of the outlets, they talked about the size of one of the maps for campaign, one of the levels rather, and they said it is over 40 times bigger than the biggest Gears of War, like any of the Gears of War games uh, campaign levels. 40 times bigger. So are you like maybe comparing that to almost like the open world feel of a Halo mission? Yeah. Yeah. Like I think they're very much going for like that open world linear story. Yeah. So it's like you have this big world to explore, but you're still being driven on this main objective. Mm -hmm. But 
I'm very excited for it, and obviously you'll probably be using that snow, uh, whatever that thing was with the like the um, catch. Oh, thing like that looked top. like a like a um, like a boat, like basically, a parasail, except, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they showed that on like on uh, frozen terrain and on fire terrain, and I believe like a desert terrain as well. So it's kind of uh, implying that that level is going to use that that kind. That'd of That'd be a cool. I mean, I, I like inventive fast travel. Yeah. Um, like. I know from the onset it could look boring, but the God of War fast travel mm. wasn't anything that you like moved very fast. It was just you were in a boat mm-hmm. with your son, and oh God, I can't remember the head's name, but you got yeah, I can't so much either. more detail of the story. Mm-hmm. So if Gears of War 5, and I know obviously, or sorry, Gears 5, don't want to put a war, <laughs> um, but if they have something like that on that parasail where you get to not only like have fun doing like just stupid stuff or just like kind of observing everything yeah um but you also get a story element with that or backstory of things like that would be great his name was mimir mimir that's yeah. right yep so uh so that's very exciting i'm excited to see what uh horde and multiplayer gets as far as reviews but so far so good on the gears 5 front so. Well, and you're not really a multiplayer Gears person, no. as you said in the past. No. I mean, you'll play it. I'm but... a thousand percent in just for campaign, yeah. and I'll probably dabble in Horde, but uh, I'm not a big versus Gears yeah, person. Yeah, I can understand that. So, uh, that's it for that one. And then our last news story of the week, we, we have a, kind of a condensed news story uh, cycle this week because we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. It's all for, news and agenda. Yeah, yep. we're, we're doing Nintendo stuff in the topic of the show. So uh, this one we're kind of reserving for this because this was before the Nintendo Direct. This was announced uh, a few days ago. Speedrunners is coming to Nintendo Switch. So that was the game we talked about a couple weeks ago that uh, I started playing. It was a lot of fun. Very cool multiplayer platformer uh, that you try to compete against your friends and mess up your friends to kind of compete and get to the end objective so this is a perfect game i think on switch uh for them to do for local and for online i think that would be absolutely brilliant either way i'll probably not play it i'll probably just continue playing on xbox but it's definitely a very very cool title well, anytime man especially uh indie developers get to have their games on other platforms besides what they initially launched with i mean yeah. look i know yaku Yacht Club Games is going to be on the map no matter what with Shovel Knight, but the fact that Shovel Knight went everywhere mm-hmm. is amazing. Uh, MDMR, yep. um, now Cuphead's on Switch. MDHR. Uh, MDHR, sorry. Yep. Um, and then also the Ori and the Blind Forest developers. Yep. Uh, now that's on Switch too. So anytime that these can go to other platforms, Moon Studios, is just by the way. better. Yep. Um, as far as their games. Yep. Absolutely agree. So we're going to jump into the games we are playing this week. So Control just came out last week, and this past weekend I put a ton of time into it. And even uh, last night I put mm, probably two and a half, three hours into it. I literally couldn't put it down last night. I was on the second to last level, and I'm like, I have to finish this for tomorrow's show because I'm just having so much fun with it. So absolutely love the game. I think it's... I think it's a fantastic game. Um, I will probably say that Quantum Break ranks a little bit higher for me. It's kind of in between the scale of Quantum Break and Alan Wake for me. And I like all of them, but you know, Control is just not quite to the Quantum Break level. Quantum Break's story, I felt, was a lot more um, 
made a lot more sense. Uh, the last boss battle for Quantum Break irritated the piss out of me, but it yeah, didn't. From everyone above, it sounded yeah. like. Yeah. But it didn't take away from the entire experience that I had with Quantum Break. I really love that game. Uh, but the funny thing is, I think they learned from Quantum Break because the final boss, so to speak, the final boss in Control was very easy. Very, very easy. It was almost like... See, I don't like that. It was almost laughable because it was like... They threw all these enemies at you at the very end. And you thought you were going to be screwed. Like, there was tons of enemies. All the enemies you fought throughout the game. Like, there's different... There's various levels. And there's some hard enemies that I died often throughout the game from these enemies. And there was tons of them on screen. Well, you basically... I don't want to spoil anything. But anyways... It was a lot easier than than what than what Quantum Break was. Uh, that was such See, that, a frustrating. That is experience. something. So uh, we'll get back to control, but that, yeah. personally for me, that is something that is frustrating. Yeah. For me, is bosses uh, mostly because now I've been spoiled with how well Dark Souls does it mm -hmm. um, and Soulsborne games in general. Because um, actually, a lot of the last bosses are the hardest bosses in the game. Yeah. But they're also hard because if you did not learn the mechanics yeah then that's what's gonna screw you if you just kind of clowned your way through or cheesed it mm -hmm. um that i love the fact that like actually lord gwen in uh dark souls one uh if you know how to parry and parry's always been a tough thing for a lot of people yeah you can kill them in like six hits for sure but i i, I did i that just disappoints me in the end but it doesn't take away at all any of my interest yeah. in control yeah the, the the thing about Control also is, like, the one complaint I would have about Control is I felt like the last hour of the game was far more fun to play than the first hour of the game. They didn't really start you off with any of the abilities or anything at the first hour of the game. Like, you literally, did, you got probably 75% of your powers in the last third of the game, and it kind of sucks because you get to that point and you're like, wow, this is getting freaking awesome. Like I love all these powers and I love all these abilities and combining them together and everything. And it kind of doesn't last long enough, so to speak. Like it was only a few hours that you got to actually experience the full power, which I get that's partly progression, but I feel like to a certain extent they should have started you at a better playing field than what you started the game with because it felt like I wasn't really uh, powerful in the beginning of the game. I didn't, I couldn't really do much. Um, so that is one complaint I do have well, about the th game. It seems like to me, just from your description, it almost suffers from the infamous Second Son syndrome. Yes. Where Second Son, you got, uh, th you had three really cool abilities uh, by the end game. You had Neon, Smoke, and uh, the kind of electric one. I don't know what... I can't remember what they called it. Cyber, right. I think. Yeah. But, like, when you beat the game, you actually get concrete as the last power. But that's it. You beat the game. Yeah. So if you're like me and a completionist, I did everything before I faced the boss because I thought that's all there was. So, right. like, literally I get concrete and I have nothing to do nothing. with it because I'm done with the game. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is one bumming thing. Uh, bumming, I don't know if that's a word. That is one bummer uh, of an item for a game like that because you're like getting to the point where you're really, really invested. What's the replay value for you? 
if they do like a new game plus, I would probably jump back in. If they, like I get to keep all my abilities and everything, and they one? make it a little more no. Ah, if they make dumb. it a little more difficult, like a new game plus, I would definitely go back and play because, like I said, that was the the last hour I had the most fun that I had the entire game. So that I would definitely be in it. Well, when I was observing you, it like and I mentioned this on last week's podcast, it gave me serious psyops vibes, and I love that game on the PS2. Um, the only thing that, from what I could tell, that you couldn't do is you couldn't grab just any type of object and almost magneto it while mm. shooting because that was a really cool thing from PsyOps. Yep. But um, it still gave me those vibes, and I love that whole you are essentially super-powered, but mm. you're not a superhero in a sense because you are very human. That's great. She's got telekinesis, but there's a reason why she had to have her gun because that doesn't just get the job done just having telekinesis. Yep, absolutely agree. Um, just to circle back here a second, Tyler says a game you get wrecked in. Lol. He's referring to speedrunners. That is absolutely not true. Also, I just would like to point this out. You don't know this yet. You have not heard this quite yet. So there was a bet with me and Ben about four hundred dollars, right? You you heard all that. Well, what you didn't hear is we played a game of speedrunners, one game of speedrunners the next day, I think it was, and I said, all right, Ben, I'll give you $400 if you uh, beat me, but if I beat you, I owe you nothing. So we played, and I beat him all three matches. I, I won three straight rounds so and I won. So felt bad for you. No, no. So ben tried. You his hardest to beat me and he could not beat me that was the most exciting part about that entire day so actually was... the most exciting part was the fact that you called ben out twice on the horse game and both times you got over the hump yeah well <laughs> i don't want to talk about that yeah. that was that was a bad day but then i got it back anyway so it didn't matter um so for mine i have actually three um, two of which I'll kind of combine because it's uh, what I did a little bit on Saturday, which is uh, hung out with my friends and played some party games. Yeah. Um, so we went back to Super Mario Party on the Switch. Um, I, I love the Mario Party series, everything except for the Wii U one because, God, that was awful. Ugh. Where you all had to move. You, everyone was in a cart and you moved the same spots. It made no sense. It was the dumbest thing in the world. Um, but the main thing I actually wanted to bring up to is just the massive disservice Nintendo has done to this game. Mm. Um, the fact that we still only have, uh, four boards. Um, it's not even, I don't need a plethora of character like Super Smash Brothers, but the fact that nothing has been supported with it. Um, and they have actually, for the most part, in this cycle for them, because I don't know if you count them in this generation, last generation, whatever. Right. But... They have done such a great service to most of their other franchises. Splatoon, Mario Odyssey, Link, or sorry, Zelda. Why did they not support Mario Party? Like, four boards when old Mario Parties had, like, six or eight? Like, it just, that's ridiculous, in my opinion. And one of the boards you had to unlock, which was okay, I guess, but I don't know. It was just, it, it really showed me that, like, it was great to have fun with my friends, but the fact that Nintendo didn't support that, I think, is a huge letdown. Agreed. Um, then the other game we played uh, was actually Overcooked. Uh, my friend Kate really wanted to play this because she likes the chaos that it pretty much ensues, which, if you've played Overcooked, oh. Overcooked... Oh, uh, that was dicey territory. What? You almost... Never mind. Go ahead. So if you play Overcooked... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you play Overcooked, you know that it's a... 
a game basically just for multiplayer. You can try mm-hmm. to play it single player, and it's awful. Yeah. Because uh, it's so hard to c- control two characters at once. But it's all about communication when it comes to the kitchen and what everyone needs to get, where the platforms are moving, all this stuff going on. Yeah. And we always have a breakdown because I'm too impatient and my friends are too bad at games right. uh, for me to do it. So it's just chaos in the kitchen. Like, everything caught fire. Oh, Jesus. Um, it did make me actually want to buy the second one. I still haven't because we haven't beat the first one. Right. Because uh, I'm in the mindset where, like, yeah, the first one was awesome. Uh, and the second one, I'm guaranteeing, is going to be more of the same, which is a little bit more probably. Um, but if I haven't beat that whole experience yet and we're still having fun with it, why, you know, move on to the next True. Uh, for it? And then, actually, my third game is what I'd like to talk about the more in depth uh, when I get a little further in is actually Darksiders 3. Um, we talked about this last week during our news items, uh, PlayStation uh, Plus games. Darksiders 3 was part of that, and this is a game I've been looking forward to that I've had in my Amazon queue forever. Uh, I was just pointing at the camera. Oh. Um, I love the first two, um, yeah. and yet again, the story is so familiar yet from a different side. Um, so this time you're seeing Fury's side. Uh, the combat is a lot more methodical than it was in the past. Mm. Um, this is where I think I'm going to lose you as far as interest in this game. Yeah. Um, it is very Dark Souls-esque. Oh, no. Um, and I don't mean that from the combat itself, but from the game mechanics. Mm. So basically it has that, um, Soulsborne-like thing where if you die, you lose your essential, uh, souls. Yeah. And then if you don't go back to that spot and collect them, then they're gone for good. Um, but it does, and it actually has like a recharging health flask too, uh, type thing. So they took a lot of homage from uh, from software games and stuff. But they added their Dark Souls, or sorry, Dark Souls, uh, Dark Siders twist to it, right. in my opinion. Where it, you might think that from the onlook, but it's not actually that. It's still Dark Siders. So is it actually is it like Very insanely action. difficult? Um. It is, um, but it's they do have game modes. It's not just one game okay. mode like a From Software game. Okay. So my friend Chris actually switched to story mode because he was having a difficult time, gotcha. where an I was being cocky and I just texted him first try on the beast or on the boss because what I, those games are I know how to play those games. What a freaking game! Um, <laughs> but I I hope you do get a chance to try it and yeah. anybody else on his PlayStation Plus. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Right now I'm probably about four hours in. Cool. Uh, I plan on beating it just like I have the other ones. Cool. Sounds good. So uh, I guess I, I will try it eventually. But you saying Dark Dark Souls esque just oh, well, just it doesn't me. it doesn't have like the bonfire thing because Volgrim's yeah. still in it, right? Um, and you still got like the serpent holes and all that stuff, and you buy from them. Gotcha. Um, actually, this won't be a spoiler because it's in the first like I don't know forty five minutes. Ulthane's in it, and I don't remember if you know who Ulthane is, but he's remember. from. Uh, I remember him from the first one. I can't remember if he was in the second one, but he's the big maker guy that war meets. Gotcha. Uh, that you like race to kill as many angels as possible with. Gotcha. Um, so that was really cool to see because I'm like, holy crap, I remember him. And I hadn't played um, Darksiders 1 in a while since War Mastered come out. Gotcha. God, I hate that name. Oh, that's a terrible name. Almost yeah. as bad as Remastered. Remastered or Definitive. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Jesus. 
All right, so that does it for our games that we are playing for the week. Um, we're going to jump into the topic of the show, which is the N N Nintendo Direct that just aired just before our show today. We couldn't pick um, a better day to actually do our podcast we for this. <laughs> we really couldn't because there wasn't a ton of news no. this week. Uh, this kind of dropped, and there's a ton of stuff to go over, so that's why we made it the topic of the show. Um, I'm kind of going to let you kind of run with this for the most part because most of these I can't really contribute a ton about ton to, but I will chime in on a few of these. Um, so the first thing that I want to go over is actually something that I don't think either one of us are truly interested in, but I think it's something that is going to be, it's kind of gaining my interest because I've never actually played an Animal Crossing game. Mm -hmm. um, they showed a lot more uh, gameplay of Animal Crossing. The It's the Island Vacation, I think that's what it's called. Um, so it, it looked like a chill game, and I know that's kind of what they've always described Animal Crossings as, is just like one of those farm bills or uh, harvest moon that type of stuff yep. uh, for it but like with quirks and stuff like that and a uh, ever going clock that mm -hmm. reflects real world stuff um, but I just kind of liked that look I think the portable um, Animal Crossing is the best selling Animal Crossing the whole series when it came on 3DS I think that was New Leaf um, I can only imagine with the install base of uh, Switch that this new Animal Crossing is going to sell gangbusters come, uh, I think it's March yep. of uh, this coming 2020. So I, I still haven't decided. Uh, I, I got plenty of time to, but as you already know, next year, there is, there is no, like, and I know we're talking about direct, but there is no more lull no. except for generally July at this point. Yeah, it's That's your much, only rest. It's pretty much constant <laughs> until summer. Yes. Um, because, I mean... We already have Avengers, or no, Avengers comes out in May, but something big comes out in March, and I can't remember what it is. But regardless, big games are coming out uh, at that point in time. Oh, Final Fantasy VII. Gotcha. Um, but anyways, it looks like something I'd be interested in. Um, Cyberpunk in May, April, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this would be really cool for possibly you as somebody who actually really likes the Doom franchise, mm -hmm. uh, especially these reboots. And I know you've gotten a chance to play the original before mm -hmm. um, yep. but doom 64 was announced for a re-release on the switch uh, i don't know if that's one that you ever got a chance to play nope i have um, not played it so is doom 64 was it on the nintendo 64 yeah so is it being like up or remastered or is it just my be guess port? is it's just gonna be a port port yeah gotcha. um i think that's kind of really cool because we've had a few n64 games kind of make their way over but um, with the news that I'll talk about later, mm -hmm. the possibility of having N64 games on your Switch is becoming more and more likely. And there's yep. a ton of N64 games that I would actually really love to replay. Yeah. Um, I'm already kind of in the mindset that we won't get any rare games, but I'm also in the mindset, too, that the relationship between Xbox and Nintendo has been very fruitful for both of them. Yep. So that is maybe a possibility. Banjo. Um, Banjo, Goldeneye, Perfect Dark, just like those types of franchises. But if you ever get a chance when it comes out, uh, Doom 64, I think, is a really cool thing. Um, it was a direct sequel to actually Doom 2. Did they not, give pricing or anything? Uh, not that I know of. My hope is $9.99. My guess is $19.99, which I think yeah. is too expensive for yeah. a 64 game at this point. Too much. Because yeah. we know that generation does not age well. Mm -mm. Um, but a lot of people think, actually, Doom 3 that came out on the original Xbox was the sequel to Doom 2, and it's actually Doom 64 mm, uh, gotcha. for it. So I thought that was really cool. 
Um, next news is some big, big old news today. Uh, Banjo Kazooie. Yes. Uh, he is officially out. Banjo. Um, now we're gonna preface this with saying neither one of you and I have played as him. Yeah. Uh, you I, actually tried to install it, yeah. and he it's wasn't not there. out yet, at yeah. least for us. Yeah. Um. But it looks like finally, I. I I like that they do this, where they just mm-hmm. suddenly just drop that character. Yeah. Um, I wish it was a little bit more heads up. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. it, but I get also the drop. Funny thing is, is that we've recorded six episodes at this point. Yeah. And the first episode we did was the Dragon Quest Hero character. Yeah. So it's only been six weeks since that got announced. Yep. Uh, or dropped. So that's pretty cool that we only had a six-week wait time in between characters. Yeah, I am very, very freaking excited for Banjo. We've Honestly, Banjo has been just non-existent since Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts came out on 360. Which got very which, bad reviews. Which, to be fair, the game was actually kind of fun. Like, building like the uh, random vehicles you can make. You could attach parts and stuff and make whatever vehicles you wanted. That part was actually super fun. So... That doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion. A lot of people say, like, Nuts and Bolts is awful. And it's because they wanted three. Yeah, that's true. I, and it wasn't three. And it was kind of a weird take on the on the series. No. But, um, yeah, they get a lot of shit for that. But I actually really like that custom. Yeah, I'm hoping that he plays, in my mind, a lot better than the Dragon Quest Warrior. Because, as yeah. you know, I wasn't high on him. Mm-hmm. I didn't like just the styles that he did i really hope that part of the the mechanic of banjo because he was switching between the two of them Mm. that i hope there's some strategy so like if you need to do aerial combat you're actually using kazoo yeah um and then obviously like um almost donkey kong-esque like ground and pound stuff you're using banjo Banjo. for yeah that would be Um, awesome yeah like swing exactly yeah that's really cool like almost like the baseball yeah yeah Yeah. so uh kind of keeping on um smash brothers news they actually announced to a new character who could guess what it is. Absolutely no one. Um, mostly you and I because we're not SNK fans. So Terry Bogard from the SNK series, which is a fighting series, yeah. uh, similar to like Street Fighter, basically. Um, this is just Sega. Yeah. Um, that was announced today as well. Uh, cool. That's really all I can say about that. Yeah. I don't need another Ryu Ken clone. That's my only worry yeah. again i never played those games so i don't know what to expect as far as fighting style um i i just think it's a little funny i just watched myself do this baseball swing animation for avengers <laughs> sorry that was just um, i just i i, I hope oh. that they continue though in this route and that sounds weird because this is a game i never played yeah but i like the weird where they're going with this stuff i like that it's not characters we expect yeah. Um, just because, like, everyone's expecting possibly, like, a Toad or some some other character from Mario. I feel like, besides Waluigi, there's no other characters that I really need from Mario. Um, Metroid is pretty much done. Uh, Zelda's kind of done as well. Like, let's keep kind of d- diving into the deep history of, like, these Japanese games and stuff like that. Or bringing more stuff. Agreed. Like, maybe adding Kratos, maybe adding Master Chief or something like that. Doing some sort of partnership. Yeah. That would be really cool. Um, and the reason why I kind of bring that up is because they also announced during this Direct that when they originally announced there was going to be five by February of next year, yeah. they're going to go surpass that now. Ooh, um, really? They're not going to do more. They're going to do actually more than five. Um, so they obviously have not announced any plans, like if it's going to be an additional season pass or if it's going to be like a set number again. 
but the fact that Nintendo is supporting this going forward past 2020, um, I, I think that is fantastic. Can we just talk about how many freaking characters are in Smash now? Super Smash think Bros. 98. Ultimate? This makes 98. Maybe this I could be wrong. Insane. Like, how do you balance all those characters? That's in- Sakurai, man. That's his job. He lives yeah. for it. The, here's what worries me. Yep. is I don't know where you go from here. Yeah. When it comes to Smash Brothers, there's a reason why we're just calling it Ultimate. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really take away these characters? And, like, I get it, licensing deals happen. Yeah. Um, specifically, I did not think that we would see Cloud again. Mm-hmm. Um, or, honestly, Snake yep. uh, from Konami and stuff. But It's going to be impossible to top this one. It is. It's going to be insane. And I... Obviously, we have a lot longer to wait than anybody could dream of if they're going to continue to support this. Yep. Um, it just makes me excited to see who else they can add into that whole foray. Agreed. Uh, next item, uh, Xenoblade Definitive Edition. These, this is actually a series that I've been... The Xenoblade Chronicles 2, for the record. This is actually a um, series that I've wanted to get into. Because um, you know me, I do like JRPGs. Mm-hmm. It's just never been something that really caught my eye. Um, honestly, and this is kind of going to be Smash Brothers' fault, but I saw some of the characters, specifically Shulk, because um, you know there's that whole meme of shirtless Shulk because right. of like him being able to not have a shirt. And then like I played as him just to like see what he's like, and I get it, Smash isn't going to correlate to it. But then I read and watched more videos of it. And I'm just like. Doesn't really seem up my alley. Uh, actually, in a way, sounds like more your alley. Really? Because of the technology-based and uh, mechs as a primary function of stuff, too. Hmm. But, again, at this point in my life, I don't think I'm... Unless it's something that I'm heavily already invested in, I don't see myself going after like a 100-hour RPG at this point. Yeah. But I think it's pretty cool that that got announced. I don't have time for a 100-hour RPG. Unless it's a freaking new Fallout. Todd Howard, please. Well, Obsidian, not, Obsidian's not Outer Worlds is supposed to be pretty big. Yes. Uh, honestly, that game is probably going to destroy my right. life. Yeah. I'm super excited for oh. Outer Worlds. Anyways. Um, so... Uh, I'm actually going to kind of skip the next part just because I want to end, end with that. Yeah. Um, so they showed a couple gameplay things. Uh, one is for Link's Awakening, which is right around the corner. It's literally September 20th. Um, I'm very excited for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, as somebody who's played all the Zeldas except for the Laserdisc ones. So um, I don't know if that's a day one for you or a game <laughs> that you'll even buy. Probably um, not, just because I'm such a lap Zelda fan. Like, I love the the Zelda games I've played. I absolutely freaking love. Like, they're probably my top 20 games of all time, which is Ocarina of Time and Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Everything, I've dabbled in Majora's Mask back in the day. So you never played a 2D? Never played a 2D Zelda. Hmm. So... Yeah, it, it's just kind of. I wouldn't. I would never suggest that one as yeah. your starting out one, but because yeah. of how quirky it is, Link's Awakening. Yeah, um, but it is something that's gearing up to, I think, be a very good hit for Nintendo because so many people didn't miss that on the Game Boy Color. It looks super, super, super good, and I love the art style that yeah. they're going for. But yeah, I've never played. I don't 2D. like the Amiibo though. Oh, I haven't seen the Amiibo. It just, I don't know. It, to me, it doesn't look that well, but yeah. it's also from somebody who bought the, the Link Amiibo with the P-colored stick. What? When they initially launched the Legend of Zelda, the Amiibos for Super Smash Brothers, yeah. and Link was the one Wait, of the I original. I think I have that, too. Yeah, where his stick yeah. is actually P-colored. There's gotcha. always the joke with it. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, another gameplay that was shown off was Luigi's Mansion, which comes out, I believe, October 5th. I could be wrong on that date, but I know it comes out in October. I think it's late October. It actually. might be, but maybe 15th. Um, either way, while you're looking at that. So they showed off eight-player multiplayer. 31st, Halloween. 31st. It does come out. Okay. Um, so uh, I don't know what in really that looks like as far as my interest mm-hmm. uh when it comes to because i've obviously played the first two and those were prime those were single player yeah but i thought that's a kind of a cool thing to give to people um that might want to like play with their friends i know co-op is going to be a big thing that they're showing off with guiji and everything yeah um so i thought that was really cool that they're showing like this new new multiplayer i think it's called like scream house or something like that um and that's again another release that's right around the corner yeah um they always come up with the weirdest stuff for uh, multiplayer games and and all their games too it just feels like like splatoon is such a weird take on like shooters sort of a shooter not really a shooter yeah it's more of a town takeover if anything because that's how you actually win the game is you take over the town yeah um so, a game that actually, I haven't done too much research on this, but a game that actually is out today, uh, Super Kirby Clash, was announced and released today. Um, it looks like a non-traditional Kirby game that's got, like, battles, platforming, all that stuff, uh, but it has microtransactions in it. I, I don't know what that looks like. Uh, personally, yeah. for me, and I'll be straight up, I'm not a Kirby guy. Never have been. It, Kirby's always been considered the death of the consoles. Anyways, they always re- whenever you see a lot of Kirby games getting an- announced and released, that means you know the console's about to end. Yeah. Um. But I yes, <laughs> I've never been somebody that's gotten into the Kirby games. I found them always way too easy and way too boring. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember playing the first one, and the, obviously the famous villain is that tree. Yeah. That's a Super Smash Brothers stage, and I remember playing it, and I was like, I thought this was like a supposed to be hard i guess i was wrong at that age but i'm just like this is not that fun i don't right. find the interest in it so but i think it's kind of cool when they do that whole and it's out today yeah so um normally that happens at e3 like it's a competition yeah. for who can come up with the coolest it's out today but see that's where nintendo just doesn't care they yeah. that's why they do all their directs yeah for all that stuff um another huge thing that was announced uh overwatch which let's be honest this wasn't really announced as so much as finally revealed mm-hmm. um this was leaked almost basically when the switch got announced yeah um, but overwatch is coming on october 15th mm. uh with all the dlc nice um i don't play overwatch on it i think you used to play yeah i used to play quite a bit actually uh i've still played you know here and there in the last few months but the thing is is like i wouldn't go and buy overwatch on the switch and decide to play there instead of playing at home because you have to have an online connection to play overwatch pretty much i mean there is a bots mode but it's like that's what i'm assuming that's gonna be like the main draw but i don't know yeah the bots mode isn't really anything exciting because it's there's only so much you can do with bots it's just not as exciting as playing with against real people it's not like there's a campaign that you can go to and say hey i have this awesome campaign i can play through and then i have the option of playing this multiplayer I already have the game on Xbox, or and I know a lot of people have it on PS4, Xbox, or PC, or whatever. And there's not really going to be that draw to pull people away from those platforms just for 
playing multiplayer on yeah. on the game. I mean, I think the gyroscope things is kind of cool, but again, I did that's actually the thing I did not like about uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, because I didn't think it functioned that great mm -hmm. um and i saw that being shown off and still i was just like eh, this ain't for me still so yeah um I'll, I'll take this next one just because i have a oh, little that's true. experience yeah, 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 with do. them uh plants versus zombies battle for neighborville uh i guess there's an alpha that's coming that they announced today um so that's kind of in interesting i played the uh, first and second garden warfare games which is supposed to be like in the same series it's weird that they wanted to change the name and call it this battle for neighborville instead of just calling it plants for zombies three garden warfare three it's kind of bizarre that they chose that because it literally is just garden warfare three my only I mean, guess is because at this point as everyone knows there are a lot of companies and games are trying to drop numbers yeah i mean it looks like resident evil is at this point the only ones or capcom's the only one with the balls enough to like keep their numbers like yeah. we get it you might not have played resident evil one through six yeah with a billion other spin-offs but like hey, here's resident evil seven there you go right and it's funny because like this game is trying to take like elements from other popular games like uh destiny and and mmos and stuff like that by having like a hub world that everyone gathers in and you see all these usernames all around you it's just like what is the point of that in a garden warfare game you're literally just main mainly this is geared towards a younger audience it always has been and, yeah. and they're trying to get you know the younger crowd involved and i don't really see the point in doing that just put us in a match and have fun shooting yeah. each other with pea shooters and stuff <laughs> like that you know like just just do what do you I mean, that, that's pretty much it. PopCap, just do you. That's life advice by yeah. Daniel Prince. And, also, life and also give us Peggle 3, please. I'll fist bump you that on camera. Yeah! I love Peggle. Peggle! The first time I played it was on um, Xbox 360 at my friend's uh, dorm. Yeah. And then I was like, I recognize this. And I remember seeing it as like a Flash game or kind of a flash game on uh like that i saw on my computer yeah. and then i actually when i got my xbox one and i know that was like kind of a thing that was hyped up yeah. on they were on the launch peggle release two. was peggle 2 um and that was before it came to phones and everything like that but yeah uh, peggle was really awesome yep. and honestly on the switch i can only imagine how cool that would be that would be uh, just with touchscreen and all that stuff because on the phone it fits perfect with touchscreen and yeah. things um actually this one kind of relates to you too yeah um assassin's creed rebel collection yeah so i guess black flag and rogue are getting combined and put on the switch which is super cool for the people that haven't played them um personally i probably won't get it just because i played black flag and i put hundreds of hours in that game i absolutely love black black flag it's probably my favorite assassin's creed game it's one of the two that i 100 percented. it's very man it's very very close to being up there with odyssey because i loved odyssey so much as well um and of course that's the o trilogy it's literally i just named five assassin's creed games but all those are i love them all so uh, I'm curious about is, the rogue aspect because yeah. I actually have rogue yeah. um, on the PS3. Now, granted, it came out I believe at the same time as was it Unity? Unity, yeah. Um, the downfall is is that like I actually did like Unity. I didn't have those glitch problems and stuff like that that people were complaining about. Um, but I literally got rogue for Christmas, whereas I bought actual Unity during the October season when it came out, and I played like ten minutes of rogue. That was it. And yeah. I was just like, oh well okay so you're a templar instead of an assassin yep but okay and 
I, I feel like I I know it doesn't get a lot of praise. Yeah. Um, I get that, but I would like to try to revisit that. Yeah, I played Rogue a little bit, but uh, I'm kind of in a similar boat where I bought it after the fact, and the new gen consoles were already out, and I was playing games on there. I was just like, I don't want to go back. Exactly. To this. Yep. So, so I, I like the marketing that they did for people that weren't early adopters. Yeah. Um, but it just seemed like maybe that should have been offered as well as a PS4, Xbox One game too, mm-hmm. just so we got that experience without having our other consoles plugged in. Yep. Um, so I know that was a lot of stuff. We have one more thing to talk about when it comes to Nintendo Switch uh, from the Direct, and this is huge, huge news, especially given like how often I've quoted this system. Uh, it is my number one system of all time. Uh Basically, SNES Online is a thing. It is no longer a rumor. It is no longer a wish list. It is actually coming to us. Uh, It is actually coming to us tomorrow. Uh, So it launches on the 5th. So just like the NES Online, SNES Online, you do have to have the account, but you don't have to have a separate account. So Mm -hmm. your Nintendo Switch Online will still work for it. So you don't have to buy a separate account or anything like that. Uh, It'll just be in a different menu. It'll just be basically right next to it where it'll say SNES Mm. for it. Um, It is going to tomorrow launch with 20 games. Um, Before I get to the the games, the biggest thing for me is... So I didn't buy these upon launch, but when the NES Online launched for Switch they sold NES controllers. That basically could be like Switch controllers, slide in there, and you could play your NES games that way. Um, I didn't buy them even though I could have because I was an early adopter, just because the NES controller, as functional as it was, those corners kind of dig in your hand. I'm just not a fan of a lot of NES games. Um, I grew up in that age, but I think 8-bit's a lot harder to go back to than 16 um 16 just it just meshes so well these days mm-hmm. um but they announced the snes controllers which yep. is actually and i know you were kind of taken back by this but is actually my favorite controller of all time um i just love the way that it felt um it's probably the system granted as an adult i've put a lot of hours into games yeah it is the system that i played the most as a kid so yeah. like i have the ergonomics with my hands already mapped out basically with it Fair. so that is something i'm definitely going to pre-order um, to get and play those SNES games. Um, it's got a lot of things that are coming out tomorrow that are on the SNES Classic. So obviously if you have that, um, you could still just plug in your SNES Classic, not have to have the N- SNES online. But if you're like me, where I have the SNES Classic, but I'm sorry they did a terrible job with the whole plug-in controller. Um, we're not like we were back in the day where we all had to sit up next to the TV just to... Because CRTVs, that's just how everything was. You were fine with it. Yep. We're not like that anymore. You needed a longer controller yep. if it's going to be plugged in. Just like how when they released the GameCube controller for the Switch for Smash Brothers, it was a longer controller. Yep. Um, but it's honestly got some things here that I would love for you to get a chance to play. Ooh. Um, just so that way, because I know this is um, a gap or a lapse in yes. your gaming history. Very much um, so. But like uh, Link to the Past, Super Metroid. Uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Uh, I don't know if you ever played the original F-Zero. I'm not. Um, I think Star Fox would be a really cool thing for people to check out um, because that was one of the first 3D games yep. um, to ever be on a console. Uh, and it's very, very polygon. Don't get me wrong. It, you can see why all of Fox's ships were always triangles because <laughs> yeah. that's basically all they could do. Right. But it's really cool to see that stuff. Um, I don't know if you ever played the, Super, the first uh, Super Mario Kart. 
uh, back I on his have TV? on uh, emulation on, on emulation? something. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember what it was either on PC or was there a console that had emulation for it? Because I want to. Well, say technically, that the Wii it did. was on the Wii. Yeah. Yes, it I, was on. I the Wii. I think I did play it on okay. Wii. Yeah. So I, I just a lot of things that are really cool um, that are coming out that I'm really excited for. Actually, another game that I mentioned is Super Mario World Two: Yoshi's Island, which is considered one of the best platformers ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a lot of games that I think even if you just check them out for a little bit, are yep. really cool kind of history lessons. And you might find something neat out there that you're like, oh, man, I see one of my favorite games took inspiration from this. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, that's really all I have for the Nintendo Direct. I mean, it wasn't filled with, like, big, big news. Like, I kind of yeah. pre-warned everyone. But I think, as a Nintendo fan, all this little stuff that's happening is really cool to see. I think that it's really nice that they're listening to what their audience wants. We want the SNES Classic or the SNES Library. Yep. We're finally starting to get that. And that's why I hope that we start getting the N64, N64. next. Oh. Uh, I would love that. As soon as they get N64 Classics, I will be all in for that because that was my console back in the day, uh, as it was a lot of people. Yes. But, uh, so that'll do it for the uh, topic of the show. Um, we're going to jump into our top five for the week. So... This week we are doing a top five licensed games list. So this one at first was pretty difficult to think of, but then we pulled up a list and we started seeing games and we're like, oh yeah, totally. And there's even games we left off here that definitely could deserve to be on top five lists. Shout out to GoldenEye for both of us. Unfortunately, I did not make the gun. Yeah, but there's so many good licensed games, especially recently. So we'll jump into that right now. My first one is Batman Arkham City. So Batman Arkham City for me was just the perfect Batman game because it was this wide open world with um, Batman and you had all of his tools. The only thing that was a little weird for me was having to get those tools again after playing Batman Arkham Asylum because I think they but the story away. the story made it make sense. It did, but it's kind of that video game thing where you know you're throwing everything away, kind of like how they explain away all the civilians being on off the yeah. streets. Um, so that's a little bit annoying, but. Overall, that game's just amazing. I love the characters in that in that game and the the twist at the end with the Joker. I don't want to spoil it, even though we're pretty far away from the release of that game. I don't want to spoil it, but the ending of that game was just so jarring that you're well, like, well, and and like I look, I'm not afraid to go into spoilers. That was actually supposed to be, and Mark Hamill quoted saying that that was going to be his last performance as Joker. Yeah. And, and it, it got such rave reviews and reactions that yeah. he's like, how can I retire this character? He's exactly. been such a part of him for so long. It's and, everyone's yeah. favorite Joker. And he was back in Arkham Knight, yeah. which is funny. But, um, yeah, that that game was just a perfect mix. And I loved all the villains in that game. All of them were perfectly cast, I feel like. They all had their perfect... Um, Nolan I, North as Penguin. Yes, yep. that was really good. Um, and they just all kind of existed in this world that made sense and it was really good for a batman game the only thing that was maybe missing was like the batwing or something cool like that like obviously arkham knight they had the batwing if you fell into the sea yeah that's true (laughs) but they obviously tried that with the um batmobile in arkham knight and obviously that didn't go over as well as they'd hoped mainly because they kind of did some stupid 
things with it and made you use it like 24 7 like a tank yeah it was kind of stupid in that respect that's why i feel like the batwing would have really been like a cool vehicle in arkham city because you could have traveled quickly around the city but not necessarily been fighting with it i guess yeah so to speak um so to keep on yours i'm actually going to talk about its predecessor which was Batman Arkham Asylum. Um, so, one, I want to preface this with the fact that we loved actually both these games. Yes. Um, we actually were kind of debating on which one we both wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but given our incl- uh, conclivities to the actual games, or proclivity, sorry, um, like Asylum fits more with my liking, City fits more with yours. Mm-hmm. But Asylum, it was a game that essentially came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, everyone knows that Batman games before then really sucked. Yeah. Um, and honestly, licensed games for the most part are not the greatest. Yeah. You have your very few exceptions where Batman Arkham Asylum started making them a rule again. Rocksteady uh, even Rock came Steady. out of nowhere. Yes. Um, so I love that whole one. I am such a huge fan of the Batman animated series when I was a kid that to hear Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill again, I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> Um, and just the Easter eggs that, as a Batman fan, I got to see. Like, I don't know, a lot of people didn't find this out, but if you took a picture when you put the uh, warden in the uh, cell, um, like if you do your night vision and yeah. you snap it at the right time, you actually find out that the warden was actually Clayface, that the warden escaped. That's why yeah. he's in Arkham City. Yep. Um, so I, I just loved just every kind of thing with it the puzzles the fact that it was took place in asylum this encapsulated area and that's where you stayed but it was still felt so large mm-hmm. because of everywhere you could go to um I, I just both of those games cannot get enough praise as far as being amazing licensed games absolutely agree um this next one i'm going to talk about i've talked about immensely already so i'm not gonna continue to just want just praise it to no end because i've already done that a million times but spider-man ps4 that was just a perfect game for me again the campaign was awesome the gameplay is awesome swinging through the city is just great love insomniac games glad that they're in by playstation now so that they continue making spider-man games in the future so I'm very excited for the future of that franchise, but again, I'm not going to continue to go into that. So it's funny, actually, when I looked at your list, you have two other games that took massive inspiration for the Batman series, just based on their combat alone. Yeah. Uh, with how that mechanic works, basically. Yep. Uh, Spider-Man obviously put its own twist on it, but it was very, very well thought out with how Spider-Man moves. Yeah, and one of those games on this list got... Uh kind of there was rumors out there that they were stealing some code from other games like assassin's creed and batman so um so actually we're gonna keep with our theme um mine is also uh spider-man but it's not spider-man ps4 um it's actually the one that i put the most time in um it is the spider-man snes game not the venom versus carnage game uh but uh spider-man snes uh it was actually I think it came out like probably in mid 92 like at the height of the animated series mm. um so the reason why it holds such a place in my heart because it is based off the animated series every everything with that but you fought almost every single villain throughout that game rhino mysterio scorpion um venom a few times vulture um it's a tough game don't get me wrong it doesn't play exactly the best but for me, it just left a lasting impression that I can still always hear that music, um, and I can tell you how to get to other places where you're supposed to web swing all this stuff, and even 
the hard parts like the carnival level um and all that so it always will be one of my favorite uh snes games like i know that's never going to get released on nintendo's things it's a licensed game but right um well i guess i shouldn't say never because star super star wars has uh been shown up on other nintendo things yeah but, but still i think that would be really cool yeah absolutely um so my next one is Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, which I know I've talked about that before as well, but Kellen Brimbor and Talion together just, to me, make a perfect mesh of characters. Like, they're two very different characters in the same body, essentially. Um, so that game just kind of... That game just surprised a lot of people because we never really got a Lord of the Rings game that really did that well. And it was a new take on the series, uh, I never really... I'll disagree with you real quick on yeah. the games that didn't do well. Actually, yeah. The Two Towers is like one of the most beloved Lord of the Ring games. I don't think I ever played it. It was so. on the PlayStation 2 Xbox, gotcha. uh, original Xbox. Yeah. Uh, but it was an amazing game. Yeah. But, I mean, it was just... It caught everyone off guard because we didn't have an amazing That Lord is 100% true. We did not have an original yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yes. Besides the MMO, which you and I aren't MMO guys. Yes, exactly. And... It was just, it was a great story, and uh, the gameplay was fantastic. It kind of took inspiration from Batman in that respect, and also it took inspiration from Assassin's Creed. There was rumors out there that they stole some code um, for that tech, but it was a very cool game uh, that I feel like landed at the perfect time. And uh, really, it's one of the, it's probably one of the games that I would say the predecessor is better than the sequel like i would say uh, shadow of mordor is better than shadow of war i haven't beaten shadow of war yet so maybe i'm saying that crazily but um uh, well one i think you're missing out on one of the key details that i don't know if you really got stoked on yeah but the nemesis system yeah uh, was that was invented in that game basically and, and that's something that still hasn't been used enough today. i don't get that yeah. like, like I don't... we use the hell out of the 4v1 mentality right with evolve and stuff like that but yeah we didn't steal the nemesis system yeah it was such a smart thing to do yeah uh just real quick tyler says spider-man friend or foe is the goat Friend or foe? I don't remember which. I don't one remember that, is. that game at all either. Well, the funny thing, actually, as we're talking about this, I completely forgot a Spider-Man game that I absolutely freaking loved last generation. Do you know what I'm gonna say? Into the Spider Verse? No, thank God. Spot. That's a movie. Into the Spider Verse. Not into the uh, Web Verse. No, whatever it's called. Shattered Dimensions. That was a freaking awesome Spider-Man. Oh, game. that game! I hated that what yeah i didn't like that game it was made by beanox and it was made like before they made the crappy spider-man games and yeah, i they... loved it just because it was the different versions of spider-man and they had like noir 2033 2099 or 2099 whatever uh current and then yeah that the it might have in my opinion they butchered 2099 that's why yeah. i didn't like it yeah. uh, i like spider-man 2099 man I, I i just thought that game was super cool there was so many different um gameplay styles throughout that game that was just now i will cool. say it's a lot better than i think it was spider-man edge of time was like the sequel oh yeah after that, edge of time I, was bad yeah that was bad was so i will bad. say that but i just i was so looking forward to um spider-man 2099 because you didn't you never had a game with them yeah um so i always thought that looked cool For, i guess friend or foe was on pc that's not or, one that i no, played. it was on 360 who was this made by I'm gonna. Oh, it was made by Beanox also, huh? I don't, I don't even know. It. Yeah, I don't even know. This must have. Yeah. 
I bet you this came before they made Shattered Dimensions because it's on PlayStation 2, I see, as well. And Nintendo DS. Yeah, so I bet you that came right before Shattered Dimensions. And hmm. personally, I thought Shattered Dimensions was really good, but... Yeah. Uh, so my next one is actually not a console game. It is X-Men the Arcade Game. Uh, and now you can actually find that game on a lot of different platforms. I actually have it on my phone. Mm. Um, it doesn't play that well on your phone because you don't have a joystick. But, dude, I spent so many hours as that uh, playing. So um, you get your choice between Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Jubilee, Colossus, um, Cyclops, and I want to say Rogue. Yeah, Jean Grey's not playable. Uh, but you're just going on these like dumb missions fighting dumb characters but there's always an x-men boss uh from like magneto's world type thing um it is a very straight up arcade game as far as a beat-em-up yeah. uh but i my childhood i spent playing the hell out of that yeah. um obviously if you play the game you either know that you're wolverine or nightcrawler yep. i'm a nightcrawler because of you being able to do your ultimate all around the map mm-hmm. uh but it was such a fun game yeah, I sounds like a fun game. I never played it personally, but it sounds super cool. You can still find it in a lot of arcades these days. Yeah. Uh, so my next one, I'm realizing as I'm reading this list, most of my games on my list I talk about all the freaking time anyway. So it's like I'm gonna you gotta start playing <laughs> some just, classic games, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna start talking <laughs> about these games, and you're gonna be like, wait, he's already talked about this. So yeah. I love these That's games. That's a new rule we're going to institute. From now on, Daniel, for the list, has to have a different game. That's impossible. <laughs> so my next one is Metro Last Light, which is based on Metro 2034, the book. And, man, that game is just so good. I've said it a million times. The atmosphere in that game is unrivaled. There's not a video game that has a better atmosphere than that game. And the gameplay was just improved so much from 2033 that it just made it tons of fun to, to play. It was fluid. Uh, and the confines of the Metro is just what makes that game so good because you've got that amazing story with the tense atmosphere with these enemies that you don't know where when they're going to be turning up around the next corner. It's just a very tense game, and I absolutely, absolutely love that game. Uh, so my next one is actually I think you'll really like this because it is an Xbox original game. Um, it's the Chronicles of Riddick: Escape from Butcher Bay. I've never played it. Uh, that's insane to me, dude. Never played it. Being an uh, Xbox boy, like I yeah. I love that game. Um, so uh, I like the Chronicles of Riddick movies. Mm. Um, actually, the whole series, but um, this specifically came out after the second one, the Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, and like it looked like it was going to be just a cheap, shady, um, uh, licensed game with just Vin Diesel in it, but like they go hard with this. This they actually connect it to the entire universe. This is part of the story of Riddick. Um, the graphics for the time were ungodly amazing when they released the second, the follow up on PS3, Xbox 360, which I can't remember it, but they still even improved upon those. And actually, if you pre ordered it, you got the original. Uh, butcher bay game with it but it was like a first person stealth game with first person shooting mechanics um assault on dark athena yeah athena yeah so it was just really cool how the vin diesel really kind of went after this character he's made that character his own 
um, and it lend to that two games as well. Like that was one of the first times in games I was like, oh my god, that looks dead on him. Yeah. Um, and just like I thought, first person stealth would really suck and not be as cool. It really actually was. I mean, it was very brutal too. Yeah. Um, but it was just a really cool experience that if you ever get a chance to, I don't know if you ever see in the movies or interested in them. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of people put that in their pantheon of OG Xbox games. Man, if I didn't have a backlog that we just discussed last week, I'd totally do that. But, just w- just wait till I, the Xbox Mini comes out. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> at this point. Uh, so my last one is another game that I've talked about a ton. 100%. <laughs> South Park, The Stick of Truth, which is just an amazing South Park game. Definitely the best South Park game of all time. I know a lot of people like that Tower Defense South Park game that was like a 360 arcade game. Back in the day, uh, what about the '64 South Park game where you're shooting turkeys? Oh god! Where the they literally oh. made it take place in snow because yeah. the draw distance could only go like five feet in front of you. Gosh, no! But I mean, this was just a perfect South Park game, Stick of Truth, because it it had a story written by Matt and Trey and voiced by all the same characters that you know and love. They finally mapped out South Park for the first time, which was an amazing amazing thing to see. And just everything they packed into that RPG was just awesome. And even the gameplay style, which I'm not normally a fan of that type of uh, style. It was a JRPG uh, for Americans. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I'm not normally a fan of JRPG styles and turn-based games, but uh, I really, really dug it. So that was one of my favorite ones. Um, so last one that I have is a very sad one, in my opinion. Um, it is an arcade game that actually came to the PS3 and Xbox Arcade. Um, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the game. Um, so I don't know if you ever read the books or even watched the movie, which the movie's amazing. The comics are great. Uh, but the game was a classic beat-em-up. Um, and it was just so cool. My friend Chris and I played that all the way through. Um, and like you fought the bosses like he did in the movies and it took a lot of the stuff from the comics that the movies didn't expound on um, and they went with that Um, the downfall is it's lost in licensing hell so you cannot find that game unless it's on your 360 or your PS3 it's gone luckily Mm -hmm. I never took it off my PS3 Um, so it's something that eventually when it come the day when we get back to our old consoles, which we don't know it's ever going to happen, but I'd love to go replay that game. Uh, it had, um, so I, I doubt you know who this band is, but a very famous uh, chiptune band called Animataguchi. Um, they actually made the entire soundtrack for that game. Uh, and just the creativity that they did, everything sticks with you so much. Um, it was just a really cool experience that even an indie licensed game can have a lot of success. Yeah. Um, that's what I was kind of hoping the Stranger Things game was going to be, but when I saw how it was mapping out to be, it it looked almost like Adam's Family, Fester's Quest, or um, what was that game called? Monster Jam. Um, these were mm-hmm. SNES games, but it those weren't really my jam when I played them, so it didn't yeah. look like something I'd be interested in. Speaking of games that you uh, keep um, after they've gone away, PT still on my PS4. Yeah, congrats to you because I deleted mine. You deleted it. Well, oh, I didn't know it was ever going to go off, and then I never deleted. I never added it back because yeah. I, I like the um, the way that PT was ran yeah. and everything. Um, I didn't like the fact that 
I, I thought the every puzzle in a game should be something that is mapped out for you, something simplistic. It shouldn't be something that's a trial and error through community. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of Destiny things do that when it comes to people doing raids and stuff like that, yeah. which I get the camaraderie and all that stuff. Um, like, obviously, I looked up how to beat PT, but I just, right. I don't know. I thought, and maybe I didn't find the signs, but it looked like a lot of people just played with stuff to find all that stuff out. Yep. I just think a game should not have you go on a different platform to look it up. Yeah. That is one thing that drives me insane is not knowing, like, what I'm supposed to do in a game. No. And we kind of didn't talk about this, but now that that's been brought up, I played about an hour of Blair Witch, and that game drove me insane because it doesn't tell you what to do. It doesn't tell you where you're going. It's just this giant open world. Not, not It's not even giant. It's pretty small open world where everything looks identical. Like, it looks like it's not very good quality. It's an indie game, so the... I mean, the graphics aren't, like, wowing or anything. No, the dog looked bad. And everything looks the same, so you're turning around and getting confused. I was getting really kind of annoyed with it, but I might have more on that next week if I decide to play more of it, but uh, that's kind of my Truth is, Daniels is scared of the dark. Yeah, that's definitely not true, so... Um, I think that does it for this week's show, guys. Uh, we appreciate everyone joining us in the live YouTube chat. Remember, you can always join us Wednesdays at 8 p.m. for the live recordings of Podcast PXN. You can follow us at Podcast PXN on Twitter or just search Podcast PXN on YouTube. You'll find us there. Um, we appreciate you guys joining us, and we will see you guys next week. Deuces!